This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Gentlemen, welcome to Masters of the Cinematic. I should say, gentlemen and ladies. Why am I being such a fucking like bigot here, like um, sexist? Because I mean, I, I'm just assuming that no ladies listen to this show because it's terrible. <laughs> but we can bring what? that into a whole nother conversation about non-binary and, and pronouns. But what's I'll leave that alone. Up, That's why "folks" of, has become my favorite word. What's up, people of this planet? Hey, folks, are people? People works too. But wait, yeah. what if like they're in a room with their dogs and their cats, and their dogs and cats are listening too? Well, folks, then we can call dog a fo- part of the folks, right? All right. What, what's up, folks? <laughs> what's up, folks? <laughs> the word's way fucking old, and nobody should be using it, but I do. <laughs> yeah, but Wait, folks- can we start? Can we start every episode with us just directly addressing people's pets? <laughs> yeah. What's up, Doug's cat? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, no. oh, there she is. She's in the corner. Look at right. her imaginary balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Doug's ghost? Yeah, right. <laughs> did you listen to that episode? Just surprised me, Eric, where Doug had a I ghost did. in his house. I did. I found that hilarious. Yes. Also, did you hear your um, objective to keep Evany? Yeah. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I uh, called you because I thought you were recording last night. So yeah. you just you just picked up the phone like, why are you calling me? And, like, uh, well, I thought it was emergent. I'm like, well, this is the moment I've been training for. I'm Eric's emergency contact. And like, <laughs> I have to go rescue him. I was already halfway to the car, like out the door. I know, I know. I need you to help me bury a body, buddy. Yeah. This is the call. I got you. You know, just tell me where to but, go and I'll bring the shovels. Man, I appreciate it. Um, What's new, man? It's been a little, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, uh, what's happening, buddy? You had a few drinks? Oh, fuck. Yeah, peppermint. Uh, <laughs> peppermint <laughs> Smirnoff is delicious. Peppermint okay. Smirnoff? Is that what you're drinking? So I thought you had good. like a... Oh, oh okay. well, right now I'm drinking Dos Equis because liquor before beer, you're in the clear. But uh, beer before liquor, you've never been sicker. There you go. Well, wait a minute. Well, we can use it as a segue, but we're not quite ready for the movie yet. But, I mean, we learn in the movie we're going to do that... Whiskey is the new vodka. It is. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is new? I've just been working a whole bunch. I guess it's just like lots of work. And, you know, the, yeah. the I saw this new movie today that I hadn't seen before. Uh, it was pretty yes. awesome. That was cool. I, I, yeah. I, I didn't see it either. So we're in the same boat, buddy. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to that, though. Let's, let's yeah, talk about we'll What's there. new with you, gentlemen? Um,. I was commiserating a little earlier before the show with Doug. Work is, uh, to borrow a phrase from a podcast that we love, Tom and Dan, uh, always making me eat those peppers, man. Oh, man. Eat those <laughs> hot fucking peppers. Fucking anger um, bees stinging your stomach. Yes, yes. Speaking so, of uh, uh, Tom and Dan, thank you again to uh, Sam from the last episode. 
Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. It was a great um, time. Yeah, there's uh what's new? What's new? Um holidays are almost here. Fucking I've been building some more guitars nice. because uh Yeah, you've been guitar building crazy. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely just, love it. So I had I had another uh Les Paul body that I forgot existed. So um uh, I was fucking uh, it it's more like an experiment. It's like what can I practice on and what can I, you know, I tried like some faux wood finish that you know i've repainted the same guitar like fucking four times at this point <laughs> and now we've landed i actually have it here um we've landed on like this blue sparkle relic uh les paul jr situation yeah i like that yeah, way I, better i didn't I want did to say anything color. earlier about your like um what's that but show called the where they drive around? this was this is all practice this is like me trying to figure out how to make relic look more natural you definitely got the hang of it yeah yeah it's getting you know they're fun man it's fun what was that show where they would drive around barns and shit and like look for things Uh, oh american pickers american pickers yeah that's what the old guitar looked like originally then they had a near murder fight and they don't talk anymore oh for real oh shit did the tall skinny one like win or the fat short one the fat short one left ah no 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 Yes, he's the one who douched out. Okay, he he, he douched, douched out. out. <laughs> he he because he yeah apparently he was a douche, but um yeah, so um, I don't like those natural wood finishes. I just want to lay it out there. Fucking hate him. So I'm glad you, you know, changed you, it. Yeah, I'm not a yeah, fan. It's it's yeah. I have one. I have a Gibson that that's natural wood and it's okay. But yeah. I, I mean, tried it's gotta have a and, really good grain in it, and for me, or like me like well, natural wood. Like the only the only natural wood guitars have ever like jones for are the pvs the the pvs are cool you know yeah, those, those are I, I i just like that because it's the whole aesthetic it's not just the color of the natural the, wood and the grain it's just everything about that guitar is just so cool there was a, yeah. a les paul they made and it was like um it was like a it had like a wood type finish on like wood top but it was stained like either denim colored or like a seafoam color and right. that looked pretty cool because the stain on the wood looked really cool if the cut yeah oh no i don't mind the grain i just don't like the natural like that walnut oh color like, or like a brown I just, color no, yeah i just yeah it's just not for me i mean there's nothing wrong with it i think i've ever had thing. a guitar like that that looked good the yeah. pv is cool though the pvs are cool it, like the t60s it, it does, and stuff the t60s that's the ones yeah. i'm talking yeah. about yeah 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 but it weighs like 80 pounds oh god yeah, that thing is like yeah yeah it does carrying it an does. anvil around <laughs> but yeah that's yeah. pretty much it for me man just a lot of art shit there's some you know the new year's coming up so there's more shows coming up um you know megacon is in march and yeah, then bro. keep it veiny keeping it veiny keeping it as veiny as i possibly can what is that in? what, what are, why why is that where you landed because <laughs> that's the new slogan for just surprise me keeping it veiny yeah uh, i listened to the episode and i still couldn't follow how you got there like in your brain like the mechanisms the inner workings of your brain and how you landed on it's just us i I was along for the ride you know <laughs> that's like fucking superman genius level shit like yeah. that's like lex luther yeah i can't explain shit. how the magic happens it just happens <laughs> it, it just, just happens. happens look happens. there's no reason that pig snoots in like tails should taste good but sausage exists right that's it, it just happened again yeah. it just happened again it's delicious <laughs> Doug, what's new with you, man? What's new with me? So I have some some masters of the cinematic universe directly related. What's news with what, me? So what? I, I I've me- I think I mentioned this at one point or another, but um, my kids for my birthday got 
me tickets to see Almost Famous on Broadway. Oh, you did. That's right. So we drove down Friday, and then I was surprised a couple of days before that, uh, John had bought me Islander tickets for Christmas for for that Friday night. So I got to go to the uh, the UBS arena for the first time. It's the Islanders' new arena. They lost, but it was a great time. There was a lot of drinking and because uh, we Ubered it. And John and I got lost. Not lost. John was John was a little more far gone than I was. And he called the Uber and then walked him and I in the wrong direction by almost a mile. <laughs> <laughs> and it took so long to get back that the ride was canceled. And then we asked for another one and got the same guy. <laughs> oh, shit. But he was really cool about it. He was really cool. But anyway. Um, He's like, oh, I know how to get there now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But then, uh, yeah, so, so. Also, what's the chance of getting the same Uber driver in New York? No, I know. But he was, he was there. That's what it was. And he, he, you know, when the second call came in, he just said, screw it. I'll wait. And he waited for us. Ah, okay. Um, I was going to say, it's like a, seems like a lightning striking twice type situation. No, I know. It is a little, it's a little crazy. And he was this old, not old. He was probably my age. (laughs) I got to stop doing that. But he was this like old rock and roll dude, long hair and like, you know. Like very New York, very Brooklyn. So he so was a real cool. rock and roller, is what you're saying? Rock and roller, yeah. Uh uh-uh. oh. Yeah. Segways. Segway, but we're you. not ready yet. I still yeah, yeah. I so Saturday, yeah. So Saturday was cool. Uh the four of us, so John, his wife, Aaron, Erica and I went went to the city. Um, it's a Christmas tradition when we get there to go to the Swedish church because they've got it decorated really nicely. All four kids. They also have really there. good fucking meatballs. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> is, is everything in the Swedish church Ikea? <laughs> like the yes. Ikea pews of and like course. an Ikea pulpit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. An Ikea you cross. Better, you better hope you don't meet Erica. <laughs> she, she will beat your ass. No, I'm teasing. Well, because of the because of the, the blasphemous aspect or the fucking no, Ikea but, aspect? No, please. No, 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 no. Um, Do they serve grape jelly with the meatballs? <laughs> uh, No, lingonberries, though. You can get with it. That's yeah. what it is, Lincoln Bear. I just like assume it's great because yeah. I'm dumb American. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's cool. We, we went. We had. Uh, it's called fika. It's sort of like a sandwichy lunch, right? <laughs> and uh, it's like open face shrimp salad sandwich, which like is the best. So don't ever say open face shrimp around Joe. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> what I want to know is, does fika matter? Oh God. So anyway, we went from there to the show. Is speaking like the the knockoff version of FIFA? Yes, exactly. Yep. It's Vika L. Holy fuck. (laughs) So for fans of Almost Famous, the whole thing was amazing. Like it was the best friggin' fan service ever. Um it was it was the it was the movie. And Cameron Crowe wrote it, so, you know, it, it was true to the movie. But the original music that they, they used was super great. The performances were out of this world. And uh, there were some things as, like, an ultra fan of the movie that I would have changed. But How know. old was yeah. Jay Baruchel? When he did that? No, I mean, movie? like, in the play. Like, Oh, no. Yeah, no, he's not in the show, Joe. They, they had a young gentleman who looked like Jay Baruchel. Sorry. Does anyone um, actually look like Jay Baruchel, though? No, he didn't look exactly like him, but I could see it. Um, did, did did get a standing ovation? At I am a golden god. Yeah, everybody screamed because it was all a whole bunch of. It was like ninety nine percent of it were people my age. 
yeah. who like loved the movie and the music from that era. So everybody was very uh, also it. nobody who doesn't know what Almost Famous is goes to Almost Famous. <laughs> there you go. So so like um, it's all people who have good taste. Yes, very much so. Um, well, sometimes with with Broadway shows, I mean, people just go to the newest Broadway show. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's it's. Oh, it's I know kinda... there were some people. You could see there were some people there like that. But They're like, this I... must be off Broadway because it's almost famous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with this show, especially since it only opened in October, the f- these first groups of audiences are like just the fans you know because yeah. yeah. they're the ones yeah, that yeah. scramble to get the, the tickets, tickets yeah so. if i made a show be called extremely famous right yeah yeah but, when but, i when i lived in jersey i almost went to uh see spider-man turn off the dark on broadway. oh no <laughs> oh no and, it, and for those of you who don't know that's the broadway show that was um the music was all u2 which is fucking already yeah. i hate it and uh, I'm pretty sure, like the Spider-Man guy broke his spine, like in yeah. There, there were multiple injuries. Oh, yeah, multiple yeah. Spider-Man. Like, I am far from home. I am far. I am far from home. Oh my god! All right, Eric. I thought this was going to be a two-parter, but I'm guessing we're going. Through <laughs> well, I tried four. to segue, but somebody wanted to keep talking. Well, you asked me what's new. I'm going to fucking tell you what's new. Yeah, this is what's new, man. <laughs> my what's new was like a whole 35 right. seconds. It was, I'm not done yet. That's the best part. <laughs> it was very cool to actually hear uh, the, the song Fever Dog in its entirety multiple That's times. Cool. <laughs> like they closed the show. The way they closed the show into the encores is they played Fever Dog live on stage and every performer got up and sang a verse. Oh, that's cool. So like even like even like uh the mom came up and sat and like she knocked it out of the park and like everybody did. So it was really it was anyway, it was the best time. Did we you get a, a mug time. that said the mom was right? No. <laughs> yeah, I might have, but the mugs were 30 bucks, the Ugh. hoodies were 80, the t-shirts were 50. So I didn't get anything. <laughs> and the funny part is you can order it from a Chinese website for like 15 bucks. Thank you. So maybe I'll do that, but yeah, so it was a it was a very cool time, and I would recommend it to anybody who's a fan of that movie. If you can get down in New York and see it, you'll enjoy it. Hell yeah! Yeah. So we, Joe and I, were virgins when it comes to watching this movie, and uh, which I have no know, idea how, because like I feel like I should have seen this. I know you love Guy Ritchie. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It was it was out front and center, man. Like I only ever heard good things about it, so it was kind of weird. Um. But uh, yeah, I think uh, no spoilers. Like we'll save our reactions for the episode as we go. But I feel or like... I'll blurt it out every time I can because I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> no, we could <laughs> we could go that route too. I mean, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was it was good. Cool. What movie are we talking about? We are talking about 2008 Guy Ritchie written and directed movie Rock and Roller. Yeah, and that that ends with an A. And it's only an N in the middle. <laughs> it's not rock and roller. Doesn't work that way. It's I'm glad you told roller. me that now after I searched for it on my fucking uh Roku I'll tell remote. you what, it's it's hard. It's hard to find even an IMDB because you, you if you even if you type rock space and space roller, it's like fourth on the list. Yeah, you gotta, it's, it's all hard. one word. Yeah, it's and it's not word. to be confused with the drink I drink, which is called cock and cola. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad this, we don't want to confuse it with that. Yeah, um, all one word. Yeah, so so this movie, I was talking to, to the guys offline, 
this was Guy Ritchie's return to form, right? Because this was his fifth movie. So he had done Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Then he did Snatch, which both movies are genius. Mm-hmm. Snatch being amazing, amazing. Then when he was connected to Madonna, he direct wrote and directed Swept Away, which was a remake of an old Italian movie that was, uh, the, his version was a piece of shit. And he followed that up with Revolver, which Eric and I were talking about, which was like an existential mind fuck. Yeah, I remember that one. That I didn't dislike it, but it took me like two to three times to understand what he was trying to get at because it was very fucking trippy. Um, and then this returned him to his like British gangster roots. And and that's part of why I absolutely love it. So um, that's the show. That's all I got. Good night, folks. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all, folks. That's all. I like folks. The, I like the British gangster genre, and I I appreciate yeah, it in this movie in particular. They made a lot of comments about how like, what are we? We're not the fucking mafia. I know. <laughs> I know. Wasn't that great? I yeah. Know. I know. What do you, What are we gangsters? No, 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 no. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, late maybe later I'll I'll talk about some other non Guy Ritchie British gangster movies that I would recommend to people because I'm definitely into the genre. So. Uh, let's get things rolling, and we're going to start right off with the opening clip. a question what's a rock and roller and I'll tell them it's not about drums drugs and hospital trips oh no there's more there than that my friend we all like a bit of a good life some the money some the drugs others the sex game the glamour or the fame but a rock and roller always different. Why? Because a real rock and roller wants the fucking lot. So, I mean, yeah, that sets the tone right out of the gate. I mean, this whole soundtrack's fantastic. And uh, so the narration was done by a character that we'll meet now. His name is Archie, um, formerly Archibald. <laughs> uh, he's played by Mark Strong. I love Mark Strong. Yeah. He's one of I'm my, like looking at him like, God, he looks so fucking familiar. And yeah. I'm like, why does he? And I'm like, oh, this is from Kingsman. He's just not bald. <laughs> no. And, and that's a hairpiece because he, he, he has a receding hairline, so he always shaves his head. But. They wanted Guy Ritchie wanted hair on him, so he gave him a hairpiece. Okay, because I was like trying to figure. I'm like, yeah. I've never seen him with hair in anything, right. so like it was exactly. so weird. Yes, and then I kept yeah. like confusing him with um, ah, what was that guy? It was in the other fucking gangster show. Uh, the guy from that thing, maybe Sopranos yeah, okay. or something. He like just looks like one of those guys like that's in one of these shows, and I kept trying yeah. to figure out who he was, and then like I finally looked, I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and and again, this movie came out of 2008, so you know. 
it's it's old. I mean, it's you know, it's fourteen years old. So Boardwalk Empire, maybe he looks like that guy who plays a cop all the time. The cop from fucking Ant Man. The guy, uh, the the dad of the girl, the adopted dad, the stepfather. Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, that's who I kept confusing him with for some fucking oh, reason okay. in my head. Oh, I can kind of see that. Um, because the hair. Yeah, I can only kind of see it because if I don't see it, you'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, because I'm also because I'm right. Okay, yes. in, this, in this case, I actually do see it. I get where you're coming from. So, so yeah. So Archie, he narrates this whole movie, and he starts off by introducing himself. I'm Archie, and he he lets us know that he works for a man named Lenny Cole, who's played by Tom Wilkinson, another amazing actor. I know Joe offline. You commented on the cast. The cast, is, yeah, the cast uh, is insane in this movie. Friggin' world, right? So we quickly learned that Lenny Cole. He's a gangster, even though he does. He says he's not, uh, and he basically runs the London real estate market from behind the scenes. He, yeah. he he's the one who makes sure things get built, and the one who makes sure things don't get built if he doesn't want it or he doesn't have a cut in what's getting built. And we're not, you know, we're not talking houses. We're t- we're talking like, you know, gigantic uh, skyscrapers and such that he's involved in. So, uh, we cut to a scene of a couple of real estate agents. Uh, in a, in a abandoned warehouse type building, and they're explaining how things work uh, to our two heroes of the story, or two of the heroes of the story. We've got one, two, and Mumbles, and that's another Guy Ritchie signature. Is the friggin' names, the character yeah. names are always original and always great. So, one, two is played by Gerard Butler, and Mumbles is played by Edris Elba. So again, like. Rock stars, like for real, doing his. Which doing. Gerard Butler looks like he's on some hard times lately. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he. I know, like for Den of Thieves, he did that on purpose. He made himself look beat to shit because he was like a grizzly. Yeah, I'm cop. thinking more like um, fucking Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> well, he. What was he in? What did I? Oh fuck no! Um, never mind. I'm thinking someone else. I was oh, you think? Yeah, I know. No, yeah, that's no. yeah. Uh, uh, Muscle uh, Crow. Uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yeah, he, no, I was thinking he's he's let himself go. Yeah, no, I don't um, my brain went there. I'm not all yeah. sober tonight. I feel like Gerard Butler would be kind of pissed that you compared him to old <laughs> Russell Crowe. I don't know. Like, I mean God damn. I saw Gerard Butler lately and he was fat. Hold on. What was I seeing him in that he was fat? There was something I saw him in. Yeah, Den of Thieves. It's called Den of Thieves. Oh, yeah. cop in LA with the car, armored car heists and shit. Yeah, he, he was definitely. He made himself look like that because he needed to look like a fucking 30 year veteran of the police force who's completely beaten okay, by so, life. So, but he did get ugly and fat. Okay. That's the key here. <laughs> yes, he did it on purpose, but yes, he did. Also, this movie must be like fucking like really old because everyone looks so different from like how they look. Yes, it's 14 years old. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 2008. So these real estate agents explain to the boys who are looking to invest. Also, uh, Idris Elba. We didn't say that. You well, said you said you said Mumbles, but you didn't say who played him because no, I cut yeah, you I off with Gerard Butler. No, no, no. I, 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 I said it. He said it. He said it. Don't worry. I, I didn't hear. I just heard. I heard myself interrupting. All right, Sam, relax. But you gotta understand. Uh huh. I named my dog after Idris Elba. Her name is Chloe. I don't know how that connects, but I'm sure there's a way. Holy shit. I, we'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. I'm sure there's like Idris Elba played Chloe in something at some point in time. Speaking of, well, fuck, Thor. I was right. Idris Elba wasn't Thor. <laughs> so that's why I thought mm-hmm. the same. See, it's called two, cause six degrees six, of separation. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yep. Which we're going to talk about him later. 
Yes, we are. Uh, so the real estate agents explain to the boys that if they want to get into the market and get in the game, they got to get a lawyer. They got to have that lawyer grease the counselors for the planning approvals. And then the property get built. So uh, they understand what they need to do, but they realize because of their criminal records, they can't get loans, legitimate loans from a bank. So they've got to go see the aforementioned Lenny, the Lenny Cole, because he's the, the king of the real estate to get the money. Um, Lenny he even calls himself. He's a Lenny Cole. I move fast and I love bricks and mortar. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and they, he, they agree. Uh, and the wheels are in motion. Um, but in the very next scene, they get a phone call telling them that they can't get the planning approved. The lawyer called the counselor. He said everything was fine. But then the, law, the counselor said, fuck, no, that was it. So they're fucked because they still owe Lenny. Because once you owe Lenny, you pay Lenny. It doesn't matter what happens. Um, I guess, Lenny, I, I, yeah. I'll admit to you, not sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. Maybe it was it was the mood I was in today when I watched this. And, and I came around very quickly. Yeah, but this the opening to this movie was so Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yes, yes. I I felt like the fucking guy in Mallrats who was staring at the the picture of the sailboat and couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what the fuck I is know. happening right now? I know. Yeah, because you get characters introduced before they're even there, kinda. And it, it, yeah, it's it was very very prototypical Guy Ritchie. There's no doubt. Very about fast. That. Very fast. Yes. Yeah. The whole movie is and like yeah. I joked with you with you both that that's my notes tonight it's like i had to go rapid fire in order to get this done because the movie's just rapid fire scene to scene to scene to scene to scene so yeah yeah it's um, crazy because um and i'll talk about this later throughout the movie but the differences between this and snatch are like insane now that i'm watching them together like stylistically oh, yeah. they're very stylistically similar but right. like plot driven and the way it's, it's the way it like everything unfolds they're completely opposite movies Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that has a lot to do with Guy Ritchie's evolution as a writer and a director, too. Like, yeah. you know, if you, when you watch Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, it's beautiful, but it's raw. Yeah. And then he, he evolves in Snatch, and like that was sort of like his magnum well, opus. I think but, my, my big thing that I'll uh, talk about is proactive versus reactive. Everything in this movie seems proactively planned yes. out by everybody, whereas Snatch right. was reactive to every fucking thing that just randomly no, happened. No, exactly. Exactly. No, you're right. And That's then, like, everything's more like, conservative and straight and narrow here where a snatch is just pure absurdity right yeah and it had to be with the characters in that movie versus yeah. this movie like everyone I mean? in this so, movie kind of has their shit together and in that movie nobody had right. their shit together no no exactly exactly so um so they have to go see lenny now and let him know and he lays things out straight he goes he he now, he now gets the rights to the building so that's out for them and they still owe him two million so and they got like a month to pay it, and so they they they're fucked. I wonder if on uh, the casting sheet it just said a brick top type. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, then we we jump into uh, Lenny's car where him and Archie are, are there, and we find out that it's Lenny who put this whole thing in motion. He yeah. he called the council and said, you know, deny the plans. Because I'm going to get the building, and then you're going to approve the plans. Um, Archie, so his second in command, Archie, he doesn't like this because he kind of has, you know, a soft spot for the boys. And, you know, he even brings up to Lenny, he goes, don't you think you went a bit hard with them? I mean, you know, they're just like you coming up from, from nothing. 
And and then yeah, Lenny, we we learn Lenny's motivation. I mean, he doesn't like immigrants, and he even he even considers one two an immigrant because he's Scottish. I was gonna say because like that dude's like is, is like seems yeah, as, but, as it gets, but I guess he is Scottish. But he's not from London, so uh, that he's an immigrant. I that's suppose. that's the way Lenny works. That's the way Lenny works. Anybody who's not from his inner circle is an immigrant. And then there are the actual immigrants who he really fucking hates. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and, you know, his reasoning involves, like I said, immigrants, but also stopping them from coming up against him. It's basically teaching them a lesson. That's the way he's looking at it. So, uh, you know, again, they're fucked because of this. Um, so Lenny's next stop is to meet a Russian billionaire uh, named Yuri. He's played by Carol Roden. He's actually, I think, Czech or something. He's not even Russian. Uh, neither of the two. Victor's not Russian either. <laughs> um, his sidekick there. Uh, because uh, Yuri needs Lenny's help uh, securing the planning for a huge building project that he's doing. Um, it, he's he's already established himself in London, Yuri has, but he still he needs Lenny's help. And it's determined that the cost for this is going to be 7 million euros. Um. So while they're talking, Lenny notices this painting on an easel in the soccer stadium where they're having the meeting. And Yuri describes it as his lucky picture. And this lucky picture, this lucky painting is the centerpiece of this whole friggin' movie. But we never and, see it, which kind of pisses me nope, off. Nope. We never see the picture. But everybody who sees it is mesmerized by it. I know. I kind of want to see it yeah. now. I want to see the sailboat. See? Everybody. It's like the, it's like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, man. It's yeah. Like, yes. You know. Yeah. Um, which was really just a from, light bulb taped to the inside of a briefcase. I know, I know. Um, but yes, everybody's enamored with this, with this, with this painting, this picture. So, uh, so Yuri, he offers the, Lenny. He offers to give Lenny the painting while the deal's being completed, just so Lenny will have some luck too. Um, they toast the deal, and this is our reference from earlier, where you know uh, Yuri serves him whiskey, and and you know Lenny in his immigrant fashion, he's like, I thought you lot like vodka you know like the stereotype and he goes no whiskey's the new vodka but apparently it was shitty whiskey because lenny got sick from it <laughs> also because you know yuri doesn't drink yeah right and yuri doesn't drink which made lenny more, even more uncomfortable so uh lenny's back in the car with archie uh he's talking about the deal um and archie smartly reminds him to be careful with this lot because russians do things differently yeah i um, was um that whole transaction between Lenny and Yuri too, like Lenny had went in there like to like hustle him and this and that. And he basically just like, what do you want? All right, here you go. Have no, exactly. Like, exactly. It was so cut and dry. Like he didn't right. like the fact that he wasn't able to like big shot him. No, exactly. He, cause he's, he knew that he was the big shot. Um, yeah. And Lenny was the small fish or the big and, fish. And like he says, when uh, Victor asked him, why'd you give him the penny? He goes, it's nice to let the peasants act like they're rich. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, um, you know, Archie says, you know, they don't respect the old school. And then Lenny goes off about, you know, the old school is the only school and I'm the fucking headmaster of it. But, you know, we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, so we are back with Yuri and his second in command, Victor. Um, and we're going to roll a clip. You think you should have lent him your lucky picture? It makes the peasant feel royal. <laughs> Don't spoil it. We need him at the moment. I want that consent. 
call the accountant and get her to clear the money. If Yuri's going to turn over seven large ones to grease Lenny's contacts, he's going to need it in cash. And for that, he needs his personal accountant. Meet the very gifted and the financially creative Stella. Do you know why you get those deals? Because those sad, fat old men like it when you swear at them. They shake like cocktails and sweat like Semtex when you raise that posh little voice. You, my love, are a rare commodity. Now, come on. Before Bertie's smile. I don't feel like smiling. I'm a 30-year-old accountant married to a homosexual lawyer. I'm a beard without kids, Bertie. For a marriage of convenience, it's going to be quite inconvenient. Uh, yes, she's right here. It's Olivage. You sure he isn't gay? But what the Russian doesn't know is that his accountant has got bored in a safe life and is looking for excitement in all the wrong places. Welcome to the Spieler. This hot little house of crime is home to a particularly nefarious group of individuals known locally as the Wild Bunch. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah, we're about to meet the Wild Bunch. Um, they hang out in a pub called the Spieler. <laughs> Um, so we first we get a full look at this uh, this ragtag team. We got uh, Fred the Head, uh, played by Jeff Bell, and of course that's a play on Doug the Head from Snatch. Yeah, I like Doug um, the Head better. Yeah, I'll go. I, I think Fred's cool too. Uh, we oh, got I just handsome meant in general. Yeah, you know, it's Doug. Well, yeah, that's true. Another day. Fuck another you, Doug. Doug! <laughs> yep. Uh, we got handsome Bob, played by Tom Hardy. Um, this role reignited his career because he was having issues. Um, he had done Star Trek back in 2002 as a young man, and it didn't go well for him. But this this role, actually, Christopher Nolan said this is why he got Inception was because of his his performance in this movie. So oh, wow. that helped him. And apparently, so he's called Handsome Bob, and that's a play and a joke on Jason Statham, who played Handsome Rob in The Italian Job. Because Statham and, and, and Richie are friends. So he was basically fucking with him by naming him Handsome Bob. Uh, we meet Cookie, played by Matt King. And then, of course, we met One Two and uh, and Mumbles previously. So um, I, ha- I have to say, too, I appreciate the clarity of the British accents in this movie. I know. Yeah. Especially yes. when you hold it up against Snatch, because I exactly. did not run into that thing where it's like, what the fuck are these people saying? Like, no. Well, I, I think that that also has to do with Guy Ritchie's evolution and just think about the fact that Lockstock and even Snatch, they were made for British audiences and they yeah, caught on everywhere yeah. else where this, you know, he's, he's looking to make a buck. So he wanted to broaden the, uh, the audience. So it was, it was a good decision, but cause you're right. It does make it a lot easier. We don't need subtitles. Um, so, uh, one, two tells mumbles about some, uh, some proper work that a certain accountant might have for them. Oh, and by the way, the accountant's name is Stella, and she's played by uh, Tandaway Newton, who used to Wait, be Tandy. Tandy Newton. What? No, 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 Joe. It's just Tandy. No, it's not just Tandy. Look at her name in IMDb. She changed her name to Tandaway. Yeah, but if you've ever like watched Westworld, it's always been Tandy Newton. <laughs> like, um, okay, Joe, but her name now is Tandaway. She changed it because she wants to go back to her African roots because she's African royalty. So, do um, what now? <laughs> okay, Joe, we're gonna move on. Hold on. I've never heard this story. I want to hear the story. Uh, yes, wait a minute. 
let me pull the rest of it out of my ass. <laughs> oh no, it's real. I've just never heard the story before, and I've watched Westworld for so. Also, um, I must say, it's not one of mine. Like, so types. you're the Pete to my uh, Johnny. Right? I've n- I've never been a, I've never <laughs> been a Tandy Fandy. <laughs> well, I'm the exact opposite. I've got a special place in my heart for her. I was I was more of the. Uh, oh God, my brain just went numb. Uh, from Thor, also. Uh, start the C. Valkyrie, what's her fuck's her name? Like, my from like Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Yeah, I'm more of a Tessa Thompson than a Tandy Newsom. I understand. So we're Newsom, Newsom. I just, I just want to point out that we're now comparing black actresses for whatever. No, I'm reason. just talking about the ones from Westworld because I okay. watched Westworld so much, and like those are yes. the two like, like good. Yes, women I agree. Because the sure as fuck wasn't having Rachel Wood. <laughs> no, me, 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 and me Rachel and, Wood was gross. Me and me and Miss Newton. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm right. more of the Tessa Thompson type. She's all right, but I think it's so, the attitude because, like, like, t- like Tandaway is that how you say it now? Yeah, she's too serious and like hardcore for me, and like oh, see, Tessa, I like that. Tessa was more fun and like asinine, and I, I prefer know. that. Oh, no, no, I get it. And that fits. Uh, honestly, fits both of us because I think that's why I'm drawn to Tiny Way. Like, I like that seriousness. Yes, yeah, I hated it because I hated her role. character in Westworld so much. Oh, no, well, her character is awful in Westworld. I totally get that. But yeah. I just I just like her in anything she does. So uh, so anyway, so one, two. No, it's all right. It's all right. We got it. We got it. Uh, he's sitting this one out. I can tell him that's on, a smart Eric. move. That's a smart move. No, buddy. it's never a smart move mm-hmm. to sit it out. All right. Um, so... One, two tells Mumbles that they've got some possible proper work lined up uh, with a certain accountant when they're talking about Stella. Um, Stella! Right? This work could help them take care of their issues with Lenny, uh, which is a great help because they're running out of time already. Um, So uh, one, two heads over to an art gallery uh, to meet Stella and uh, get details of the job. There is... It's like the entire conversation is flirting. Like there isn't one sentence spoken by either of them that isn't an innuendo or just a way to flirt with each other. And it's hysterical to watch. Um, she describes, you know, again, because she's, you know, as, as Archie described in the narration, she, she's she got a, a penchant for the wild side now. She, she got bored. So she wants the boys to steal that $7 million that Yuri called her to get out. Uh, she wants the boys to steal it from the two accountants who are going to transport it. Um, it's an easy peasy job. So, and then she gets 20%. So it works out well for her and then the boys are covered. Um, so uh, that's the upcoming first heist of this movie. Um, we are now at a tennis club uh, where Lenny is reading a newspaper article over uh, Archie's shoulder. Um, Cause you know, Lenny's the boss and no one can tell him otherwise. Uh, and the article is about the death of someone named Johnny Quid, uh, who's the lead singer of the Quid Lickers. <laughs> I absolutely love his name. I name. love that name. It's just the best. I want the Quid Lickers to be real, and I want albums from them. Okay. Um, Isn't Quid money? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, that's why he called himself Johnny Quid, and I guess they... Yeah, 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 that makes sense. That's all checks out. I was like, I thought I was like, is Quid money, or am I getting this confused? Yes, yeah. 
so we get we get the sense from the way Lenny is reacting to the story that there's uh, there's history between him and Johnny. Um, so we don't know what it is, but there's something going on uh, that's that's aggravated Lenny. Um, they're at the tennis club because the counselor who's in Lenny's pocket is there. And Archie goes uh, goes over to talk to the counselor and he lets him know that uh, Lenny wants a word with him, uh, you know, back at the uh, the locker room, wherever they go in at the refreshment tent. Um, he also excites the counselor by hooking him up with Jackie. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you know, I love I love when because you, you mind a run with a counselor only if he's wicked. Yeah. And then the counselor goes, what does she mean by that? <laughs> Cause she's the proper, so naive. she's the proper rotten tart. Exactly. And, and, and Archie just goes, what do you want it to mean? Counselor? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he's, he's all sweaty. The counselor's all greasy, sweaty from the playing tennis, but it doesn't matter. So he goes back to talk to Lenny and Lenny has a portfolio that he hands him that has the information for Yuri's, uh, you know, deal that he needs the plans approved for. Um, plus a little something, something for the counselor. He's taking care of the counselor. Uh, at every turn just to keep him in his pocket but he's playing him like a fiddle I mean you know the, there's a whole thing with a, a lighter he says is yeah. eight grand and it's a hundred bucks that he stole and that the whole thing but how could uh, it be mine it's got your name on it yeah so smooth. and I don't I don't know if that's British spelling for counselor or it was misspelled because there's not two L's in counselor yeah it looked really fucked up it was it was kind of weird but again that could be the British spelling for counselor it probably I don't, is because they spell I don't everything know. wrong over there do they, yeah. they not speak yeah. English in that country right what are, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> did you guys spawn uh, the language <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so you know Lenny's got him wrapped uh, so we are now at Lenny's house uh, and Lenny's in his office and he's talking to Archie on the phone about the painting, the lucky painting when he spins his chair a little bit and looks up on the wall where he hung it and it's gone <laughs> and he falls back off his chair. Cause you know, I've been robbed. I've been robbed. Yeah. And you know, he, he knows he, even though he's, you know, he's got that arrogance that he's better than, you know, the Russian immigrants. Uh, he knows that this is bad, you know, yeah. at the very least it's going to ruin his deal, you know? Uh, so he tells Archie to get the crew together and get to the office right away. Uh, so they arrive and we've got this clip. Bandy, you ever ask a stupid question like that again, you see Danny there, he's going to slap you. I'm sorry, Archie. I was, I was just trying to use initiative. Danny, slap him. With the right, Danny, properly. No, 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 no. Come on, do it properly with the back of the right hand. What, is this a tennis match, Arch? Slap him. <laughs> like this. <laughs> now, if you can master a slap like that, there's no need for your clients to walk back. They will open up like a fountain full of words. No need for strong violence, no, no. They're transported back to their childhood. Putty in your hands. Ask Bandy. Look, thinks he's back at school. But he never went to school, though, Arch. <laughs> you want to slap as well, Daniel? Eh? Now, if the slap don't work, you cut them or you pay them, but you keep the receipts because this ain't the mafia. All right? Now, <laughs> get out there, look for the painting. <laughs> See, yeah. And 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 that's how they skirt the whole we're 
were not gangsters thing. I mean, it's a business to them. They are in a business. That's it. This is yeah. a business. This is how you operate your business. And we're not the mafia and we're not even gangsters because, you know, even even Archie and I, I picked this clip because, you know, it's referenced a lot through this movie, the famous Archie slap. That's how Archie got to where he is. The level that he's achieved is that by maintaining almost a decorum, a yeah. proper respect for his job and even for the people that he's got to rough up, he respects them. So that's why they never say they really never say they're gangsters. They don't like that term because yeah. they're just doing business. And this is the way you do business. So you the keep famous Archie yeah. slap. Exactly. Because this ain't the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if his name is short for Archibald. It is. Nice. He says it in the very beginning. Oh, does I'm he? Arch he says the first words he says, I'm Archie, formerly Archibald. Okay, I didn't hear that yeah. part. I was probably oh, yeah. not paying attention to that point in the movie yet. Well, it was the very beginning. Yeah, I get it. But yes, I, I, I like that. It makes yeah. me happy. That's yes. a cool so, yes. name. He is Archibald. Yep. Uh, so uh, we move from that great scene to, um, oh, and by the way, Bandy is one of the, he's the guy who got slapped four times, right? Um, he he's my favorite like henchman character <laughs> in a long time because so he's so dumb and so dopey and so innocent and um, I'm very we'll get to it but I'm very pleased at what happens to him in the end of the movie and I'll get to it when we get to that scene but um, so we move from there to the actual first heist um, one two and mumbles are ready to go. Uh, they are outside a a, a bank and uh, they're dressed as security guards, and leaning against the wall. And these two like dorky accountants come out with bags of money, and they just look at them first. They say hi, and they look at the two of them and they say, "Just put the bags in the car and step away." And it's so casual. The guys are like, "Is this a robbery?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, all right." And then it turns into Three Stooges, which is like absolutely hysterical they get the two of them get in the car and they don't have the keys because the accountant's holding the keys but the accountants are standing there like what do we do so he rolls the window down and he, he the accountant gives him the key and then he can't get it in reverse he doesn't know where reverse is because it's a fancy car so he doesn't know how to do that so he's got to roll the window down and get an the accountant and they finally get away so they now have seven million uh which is that's one thing it's funny because so these guys are, you know, they're hoodlums, right? The Wild Bunch, they're hoodlums. They're ga they're sort of gangsters in a way, but they're dealing with a lot of cash here for like mid-level guys. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. they're acting very casual about the fact that they now have seven million euros in their hands. I don't know. It was one thing about the movie that always kind of got yeah, me. It's the like, amount of monies. It's like I understand in order to play in the real estate realm, that's the centerpiece of this movie. It has to be numbers that high to make sense, but it's just it's just kind of weird. But anyway, uh, so they go back to the art gallery. Or one two goes back to the art gallery to deliver Stella her portion of the money. Um, there's a lot more flirting, and this is one of my favorite like lines in the movie. She's looking at a piece of art that's just basically triangular tubes welded together with like lights blinking. And one, two goes, I can get an electrician to make one of those in about two hours if you want. <laughs> he's, he's right. This, you know, and she goes, welcome to the nouveau riche art, you know, because like they don't have a clue as to what the fuck art really is. Um, 
So Yuri is now, we're at the top of one of Yuri's construction buildings. It's being built. Uh, he's given a presentation to some investors about, you know, what they're getting for their money. Uh, Victor, you know, Victor is there and Yuri realizes that if he's there, there's something wrong. So he goes and talks to him and Victor lets him know the money was stolen. And the same conversation, but in a more like, you know, highbrow way that Lenny had earlier about the old school and all that stuff and that he's the big fish. You know, Yuri's response is that ain't who we are. And Victor just says, it's not like the old country. It's cowboys and Indians here. So it's great to see two different points of view as to who's the boss, like who's in charge of this, you know? Yeah. Like we all already know that Lenny sort of, you know, when it, he can't keep up with the Russians, but it's cool the way they're looking at it too, you know? And I love the way they flip back and forth between Russian and English. You know, I, I, I don't know if that's a real thing, like if they do that, but. For the movie, it worked really well. You know, the subtitles were kept to a minimum and then they flipped to English and, and you know, so it was it was pretty cool. So um, so at this point, one, two, he's happy. He calls Archie and lets him know they got the money. Um, Archie's very surprised at this, to say the least, but he doesn't care the money. He's getting it. Um, so Archie then speaks to Lenny, who tells Archie that Yuri hasn't come up with the money yet. Uh, he doesn't know yet that it was stolen, but. He doesn't have the money yet. So he's a little concerned. Archie, you know, he calms Lenny down a little bit. And then he also, he tells Lenny the good news that the Wild Bunch have the money. And Lenny's just as surprised as Archie was. But again, it's $2 million, so he doesn't care. Um, yeah. And, and this, again, this, this is the point in the movie, too, where, like, you know, uh, again, I got wise to, like, okay, they're doing the thing. They're doing, like, the crash. Like, the, yeah. you know, intersecting storylines. And, and Yes, yes. Um which it, it did it beautifully, man. Like this movie is a great example of that done really well. Guy Ritchie's um, very good at that. Yeah. He's very good at that. And I think Joe nailed it earlier with you know, Snatch did that too, but Snatch was more reactive. Snatch was just yeah. a friggin' series of, of circus events, events that yeah, yeah that came yeah, together yeah. where this is yes, they're all tied together, but it's for a reason. You know, it, it, it's for who it is, but it, it's for a reason. Um so and again it, it, it in what we talked about earlier about everything happened in rapid fire this is one scene so you know once who calls archie then archie calls lenny then the counselor calls lenny all like bam 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 they're hanging up phones it's even part of the dialogue wait i got another call gotta go you know so the counselor calls about the money and lenny lets him know it's just a delay and to take a breath and then when he hangs up he just goes wanker <laughs> um so uh now we get to meet tank who's a, who's a he's a you know, a bit character in the movie, but he steals every scene he's in. Um, I should know the actor's name and I'm embarrassed. I didn't put it in my notes, but he, he was in uh, game of Thrones and uh, I think maybe his dark materials too, but I'm not sure, but yeah, um, I kind of his name too. And I can't so, remember it. Cool dude. So Archie goes, uh, he, he heads out to talk to tank. Uh, tank is London's premier underground ticket seller. So he tank hangs out in a big fancy SUV in the West end of London, and he sells theater tickets and everything else uh, at, at a discount. Um, he goes to Tank because Tank's got his Tank's got people everywhere. So if you need to get information, Tank's the guy to see, even though he's selling tickets. Um, he gets in his he gets in Tank's SUV, and Tank is watching uh, this old movie called The Remains of the Day. <laughs> um, Anthony Hopkins and and you uh, you Grant before he was anybody like he was a kid in that movie but it's an old-timey british movie um Tank so played by uh, nonso anosi 
That's him. Yeah. 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 And again, Game of Thrones. Um, like I said, I believe his Dark Materials, but like a bunch of movies, he's a very imposing yes. figure. He's a very large man. Very. Yeah, I remember from Game of Thrones, big time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. He, I, uh, yeah. I think he was from Dorne. I, I'm not sure, but anyway, he was. Um, yeah, no, he was from across the sea, like the Narrow. Right, sea. that's true. Yeah, right. But Pentos um, or Bravos, one of those cities, like the Free City. One of those two. You're absolutely right. So, uh, so yeah, very imposing figure, but he's cool. He steals every scene in in the movie that he's in. Uh, we are now back at. The Wild Bunches hang out. Um, they're all there. Um, and we learn through Archie's narration that uh, there is a mole in their midst and has been for a while. Um, and we find out this mole is is basically responsible for every anybody who's gone down for a stretch, as they call it, or to prison has been because of this mole. Uh, we learn that Handsome Bob is due um, to start a five-year stretch tomorrow. Uh, so... Everybody's sort of commiserating about that. They're yeah. obviously not happy about the whole thing, uh, least of all Bob. Uh, so this is our first, you know, the first reference to the mole that will also have a central uh, thing in this in this movie. So uh, while they're all hanging out there, there's two junkies. These junkies are the fucking best. They come in to sell, you know, their stolen wares. Like they steal shit and they bring it there and they sell it, right? And and and. and it runs the gamut. There's small stuff and big stuff. And in this case, one of the items is a is a black bearskin coat. And the one junkie's modeling it. And again, another one of my favorite lines, he goes, from the darkest depths of Siberian Calcutta. I'm like, Calcutta? Siberia? What the fuck are you talking about? But it just rolls off so naturally from this junkie. It makes complete sense. It's hysterical. Um they're ready to, you know, they're trying to sell the stuff, but then uh, the buzzer rings and it's it's Archie, and even they know who Archie is, and they are gone like in a like a fart in the wind. <laughs> they're at it. They want nothing to do with Archie, so they're 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 gone, right? Uh, so Archie comes to collect the cash, and there's a lot of great banter back and forth between one two and Archie, and it's just ribbing, and you know, one two sort of pushing the boundaries a little bit, but uh, Archie puts him in his place. Um, and it's also noted in a narration that there was a little bit of extra on top of the two million to help uh, to to pay for assistance that Lenny could provide to keep Bob out of prison. Um, so, you know, we've got hours to go before he's sentenced, but hopefully, fingers crossed, things work out. So um, Stella, the accountant, now goes to visit Yuri on his yacht because the first round of money is is gone and, you know, he's going to need more. So he has to come over. Um, they small talk for a bit. Um, you know, he, he he brings the line that I've heard from many boat owner. You know, there's only two days you remember about your boat, the day you buy it and the day you sell it, right? And uh, so he says that and Stella drops the line, beauty is a cruel mistress, a cruel mistress. Uh, that comes into play later. So that's the only reason I bring it up. Um, Yuri explains to Harley, needs another $7 million. He doesn't say anything about the theft. He just says he needs another $7 million. She hems and haws a little bit, but you know she'll do it for him because she's got to she's got to hide this money from the tax man. So she's got to be creative, and that's what she's good at. So, uh, so it is now Bob's last night, and we're just gonna let the clip do the talking for what Bob wishes for on his last night. Come on, Bobby boy, cheer up. What have I got to cheer up about? I'll be locked up on a night by ten tomorrow night. Bob, that's tomorrow night, okay? So tonight is takeoff time. 
We have got a party planned for you, my man. We've got a couple of grams of Hurry Up and four Jack the Rippers. We've got the Harris Twins, probably the most expensive escort girls ever to have escorted. Well, they've got the night off from the Russians and they have been greased down just for the Bobski. Okay, well, I see that's your job. It's not that I'm not grateful, it's just... Um... anything coming from you. Would you? Bob, you're my best mate. See, I don't want the strippers once you. Okay. I want you. All of them told you you wouldn't understand. What? I wouldn't understand that you're a fucking homo? You're handsome, Bob. You're handsome, Bob, the fucking lady killer. That's who you are. Do you hear me, Bob? I mean, I've had showers with you, man. You've seen my fucking car. I should have just kept my mouth shut. Yeah, you're fucking right. You should have kept your mouth shut. We oh. should have just gone and done the strippers like handsome Bob would have done. You should just like drown the cats that are letting out the back. But no, not you. Not fat Bob! Sorry, Bob, all right? I went over the top a bit, and it was, it was a bit of a fucking surprise, Bob. I mean, it was a, a bit of a broadside. It's fine, it's fine. Five years, all right. I don't know if I can handle it. I, I probably should have prefaced that clip by saying that there is a lot of pretty harsh language and, you know, unacceptable language. But, I mean, this is a movie from 2008, so that scene is very 2008. Also, I've never seen Bob smoke, so I don't know why he's calling him Cigarette Bob. This <laughs> yeah, is England. There you go. I mean, exactly. That's what he meant by, yes. Um, but it's also that world. I mean, even today, it's that world. Um, yeah. 
and it, it, it comes into play and sort of comes full circle later in the movie. So that's one of the reasons I picked it. But it does sum up, uh, you know, it sums up the way one, two is in a way, again, a lot of, you know, gangsters are regardless of the country of origin. And, you know, it got pretty heavy, but there was some funny stuff in there, too. So. Uh, so, yeah. So for, for the character, yeah. too, you know, despite like the uh, the kind of ignorant language and stuff that was used, he was really genuine in that moment of like all right i think i fucked up like you know but i don't know how to navigate this correctly and and that's 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 pretty real you know like you you nailed it absolutely you're right it's 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 it was a visceral reaction from a person who does understand yeah and and they're trying to just you know yeah he's like on the cusp he's like me from 2008 (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe a little earlier than that but like he's on the cusp of just totally getting it but having a problem letting go of the old ways you know uh so i i can relate to that uh anyway um so yeah so th- that's bob's last night um i love they uh, we got we got twins twins they've been like they've been let go from the russians for the night and they're gonna be greased up <laughs> just for you like, just for you i'm like holy fuck that's crazy so um all right so we are now at lenny's house and we we see tank again in another scene stealer uh, he's in uh, Lenny's office with Archie and I just love how he he with just a couple of lines he calls he he lays out Lenny's like big fish in a small pond even more when he looks around the office and he goes oh Scandinavian pine masquerading as British oak yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like zing you cheap fuck is what it is you know it's like Lenny Lenny is like fake uh, high class is the bottom line so um, you know, he talk he talks a little bit about the painting. He doesn't have any definitive information yet, but uh, he talks about the painting. So, um, we are now at a warehouse, an old abandoned warehouse. Um, and Lenny and, and the crew are they they are using the River Thames as an information gathering tool <laughs> by tying people, you know, by, by tying some gentlemen to chairs and dipping them in uh, until they talk. Um, the cool thing about the two guys in those chairs is we're going to meet them later in the movie, but not how you think. Um, it's pretty cool. So um, the first donkey, <laughs> he he gets put in the water, and there's a whole conversation between Lenny and the the, the donkey and 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 Archie and everybody about crayfish. American crayfish were introduced, and they took over and ate all the British crayfish and. That kind of thing, and that's what—that's the biggest fear in the rivers that the 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 crayfish are going to eat you. I would have thought um, of in the pollution, but well, yeah, I w- I would think that'll probably get you first. But you know, anyway, uh, it scared the shit out of the guy in the chair. So uh, this guy he comes out and he and and as Archie has described before, he opens up like a flower. <laughs> he's he's a, a a wealth of information. He uh, he lets them know that Johnny Quid isn't dead. Uh, and then he has the painting. Now, they're both, you know, Lenny's like, that's it. He's like, this didn't work. He wants to dunk him again because he's like, no, he knows he thinks Johnny's dead. Uh, so Archie grabs Lenny and brings him aside. And this is where we find out one of the big revelations that Lenny is Johnny Quid's stepdad. And that's where the history comes from. Um, and they just he just talks about the fact Lenny just talks about the fact that he 
he, that Johnny's a poison. Like he can't die. He never dies. He goes, you know, World War Three is going to come and it's going to have his name all over it. <laughs> you know, like he has no use for him. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So it, it, Lenny then realizes, he tells Archie, listen, you got to go talk to Johnny's managers. And he, call, he calls them Greek and Minnie because their names are Roman and Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> He can't. He, he can't be bothered to remember their names. So, um, so we now head to uh, Roman and Mickey's uh, office, and we're going to roll another clip. No, you're not. You're not listening to what I'm saying. That is exactly what the I dry do. Ice, Mickey. I need the fucking dry ice. My show just doesn't work without it. Hold on a second. If you would have asked me yesterday for dry ice, I would have got you the driest ice the world could find. But you didn't ask me for no dry ice. You asked me for two cases of Johnny Walker Black Label and four ladies of the pole. And I got them for you, didn't I? Yes. Yes, you did. I do confess, but Mickey, you are the manager. I'm the rocker. You got on the hat, well, why don't you just pull something out of it? My hat is deep and full of magic. I got rabbits, handkerchiefs, and ladies of the pole drinking Black Label. I got smoke machines, bubble machines, I even got love marines, and still the hat goes deeper. All right? But there ain't no motherfucking dry ice. Okay. I made your point. But tomorrow, might be quite nice to have some dry ice. You read this? What? Senior extraordinaire Johnny Quid fell off a boat, they said. Missing, assumed dead, they say. All right, Johnny? How many rock stars by the name of Johnny Quinn do you think there are in the universe, Mickey? Only thing he fell off is his junkie spoon. He's no deader than them shoes you got on. All right, he'll be gearing himself up happy as a clam in a fisherman's net. June, how dead is Johnny? If he's dead, that's the third time this year. Rockers like that never die. They just wither and give me pain. Now listen to me, boy. Listen. I never did like you, neither did your real dad. You're a reject, a wrong and a fucking fairy in the mirror that I inherited from your mum. But she ain't with us no more, so it's just you and me. Now next week, you're going back to school. The most expensive fucking school in this country, I might add. And then you'll be gone for a whole term. In the meantime, show some gratitude and keep the fucking music down.
so that scene sort of jumps around again. We were, we were with Roman and Mickey, uh, and they, you know, have figured out that Johnny's not dead. Uh, and then we move over to see a young Johnny um, have a conversation with with a younger Lenny, and this was obviously brutal. Lenny Lenny was a prick. He's always been a prick. Uh, but Johnny is Johnny's character is probably the best button pusher in the history of cinema. Yeah, that yeah, motherfucker can like push it. buttons, and he's relentless. He never fucking stops. He's a Terminator. Like he never fucking stops, and it's it makes his character so great in this movie. Uh, so yeah, that was a little taste of uh, Johnny when he was young. So uh, we're gonna scene, man. That's yeah, right. Giant little fucking oh, rocker man. with his plastic saxophone. Exactly, God. exactly. Yep. And and he already had all the music gear. He had the the Strat copy in the back yeah. there. He had three different amps. Like he's already he's already heading down the right path. You know. Yeah, he is. Um, but it, it it yeah it was cool. So we're gonna take our first break, and then we're gonna probably hopefully wrap this up with part two. Um, and we hope you've had fun uh, fun so far. Yeah. Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm Lavar Burton. I wanted to be Lavar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we- Jeopardy. <laughs> Are you, though? Listen, guys, we we need your help. Uh, To help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, You get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You can either be... A friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes, picks in my case, but not safe for anything, right. picks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And all with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie. 